Crumble, come and say hello. Crumble. You okay? I'm I'm just I'm just recording an intro, so Okay. Okay. Hello and welcome to the next installment of Don't Be a Stranger the Jack Bowler podcast. Uh featuring Crumble, of course. Uh however, in the actual recording itself, we don't have any Crumble cameos, unfortunately. I actually recorded this at my guest's house, and my guest on this podcast was my good friend, Elliot Adamson. Now, I will, from this point onwards, and throughout the podcast, refer to him as Elmo. And that's because I don't know him as anything else. He's always been Elmo to me, and he always will be. So, uh, I met Elmo through high school, and we bonded having mutual interests in music and fashion, that sort of thing. And um majority of this podcast is us talking about uh, our mutual love for music and where we're at now with it. And we also talk about uh, the controversy of music and the way maybe the industry works at this current uh, place and time. We also talk about our favourite gigs, uh, favourite uh, musicians and who we're really digging at the moment as well um, in, terms of, in terms of music. I actually had only gone to a gig the night before so my voice is a little bit croaky i'm still feeling the effects a little bit now to be honest but nevertheless means just got a podcast to edit got a podcast to put out for all of the people to listen to um now this podcast came at uh, elmo's request actually and elmo wanted to come onto the podcast and discuss a diagnosis that he received during his time at, at uh, university and he hasn't really had a chance to um, speak openly about it, nor did he really feel comfortable um, just saying it out loud on social media or, or all that sort of thing. So he requested and asked if he could come on and talk about it, and I was more than happy to have him on. So we go into that uh, at the end of the podcast as well, so stay tuned for that. And I just want to say a big thank you for him to uh, reaching out and wanting to talk to uh, wanted to talk to me about it, someone that knows him very well and someone that is not going to think any less of him either, uh, given his uh, given his diagnosis as well. So, um, But we talk a little bit about that anyway in the podcast, and I just want to say, um, if you enjoy this again, go ahead and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, and go ahead and follow uh, myself on Instagram, that's at Jack Without the C. And instead of an O, it's a zero. And if you want to uh, message me with any more inquiries about coming onto the show, more than happy to hear from you too. And stay tuned for more episodes. This recording actually is probably one of the better ones. It's a bit more consistent. I'm recorded off a couple of different devices, so it should be all right. Okay, so here we go. Another episode of Don't Be a Stranger, the Jack Bowler podcast <laughs> is a go. <laughs> Bye. This is the second take <laughs> of the intro. Um, so, welcome to Don't Be a Stranger, the Jack Bowler podcast. My guest this time is a good friend of mine from back home. It's Elliot Adamson, but I always refer to you as Elmo. So, from here on out, you will be referred as referred to as Elmo because I don't really I find it weird to call you Elliot, and like I I would imagine that it would be weird for you to. Still get called Elliot just by like by friends. Yeah, by friends, people I know around, Ellesmere Port, it's always Elmo. Oh, Elmo. Workplace, Elliot. Really? Yeah. Does it like grate against you at all? No, not really. It's my birth name, isn't it? I suppose I'm stuck yeah. with it for 
forever. <laughs> I recently got a new name badge in work, and I spell my name J A K, and just to be cool and edgy like that. Without but a suit. <laughs> but it's a case that now when I'm speaking to customers, I'm like, um, on my name badge it says J A K. It used to say J A C K. And now when I sign like paperwork and stuff, I like, always put my name and say, so my name's Jack, and in the future, come back and see me. Um, but normally, like now if I put, I put, I put J-A-K, and I go, it's J-A-K, so that's Jack without the C. And it's like, cheeky plug as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, I had a customer actually the other day, and she was like, she wanted help with podcasts. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Really? Here's one you need to follow. <laughs> <laughs> so I sorted her out with that. And um, she, I was telling her all about this and stuff. And she was like, oh, brilliant. Oh, I'll give it a listen. I was like, oh, thank you. Any feedback will be really appreciated. Mm, appreciate so if you are that customer listening now, welcome. And um, you are, to an extent, on this podcast. So there you go. Um, I feel like um, we'll give a bit of um, history between yourself uh, and me. And so we've known each other really from uh, from high school. And we've both obviously gone off to university, as majority of the guests have on this podcast. But um, I feel like one of the main things that I can attribute to our friendship is our love of very similar music so i'm a bit croaky today so i went to a gig last night i went to go see while she sleeps in leeds and it was a brilliant brilliant gig brilliant. so i just uh if if you're happy to just maybe like talk about um maybe you know, just say maybe a couple of your favorite bands and artists really and just and just see what you th- see what feels yeah as i'd agree we had mutual interests through through high school obviously yeah the Enter Shikari had been one of the bands, Blink on It Too, and mm-hmm. the whole sort of pop punk scene. Yeah. But since then, I'm, uh, I still have similar like interest in music. Like they say, the, the, the music you prefer the most in life is the music you listen to growing up in your teenage years. Yeah. But obviously, as I've developed, um, my, my interests have shifted more towards hip hop, mm-hmm. American, and now more recently, underground UK hip hop scene. Okay. Favorite artist, men it would probably be Lee Scott, who's a local lad from Runcorn. Okay. He's got a scouse twinge, is that the word, to his accent? Yeah, yeah. But he's not a, a true scouser. He's not. So, no, Same way that we get well, pigeonholed as. Yeah, walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, obviously, moving away, in my case, moving away and living more towards, like, Yorkshire and stuff, like, there are certain phrases, like, that I can't that I've just picked up yeah. and I feel especially in the, in that area some people find it difficult to place my accent they they just it's they know it's a northwestern one or maybe a, a, maybe like a a more I don't know how to say it like it's it's not a, it's not very specific like it's not like definable yeah. but when I come back and say speak to you or speak to other people from from Ellesmere Port and stuff where, where we grew up the accent comes out more, yeah. so I feel like halfway through this in, this podcast, my voice will probably and my accent will probably change, and it's just from being surrounded by the people that I, I grew up with and people that have that accent. Yeah. It's like for me going to Chester, and people go, "Oh, are you from Liverpool?" No, I'm not. But then, so I did lived in Manchester for three years. Mm-hmm. I, my accent sort of changed to pick up the Manc accent. But mm-hmm. I'd say going to McDonald's and he'd be like, "It's a bloody scouser. What's he? What's he doing here?" And <laughs> go Mackie's laugh. <laughs> No, but I still have that. Like, I think one of the words I can't shake off to say that is the word amazing. amazing. It always comes out like yeah. amazing. I can't, <laughs> I can't ever shake that one. Um, but like, I, I'm not really that versed in terms of hip hop and, and 
uh, and that kind of thing, especially like, like an underground scene. Like I, I know names and I've, I've listened to them. Like one of my favorite ones is probably like Tyler Creator and, yeah. and Odd, an Odd Future. Like that was something that, and or more, more recently, Brockhampton. Like yeah. fuck me, what an incredible a more alternative sort of new, yeah. new wave of hip hop. And yeah, like, yeah, and they and they are getting more exposure now, and I think that's um, that's really good. Like they were nominated for like the for, like Brits and stuff like yeah. that, which is thoroughly deserved. Like their their last album uh, that came out last year. I can't remember the name of it now, which is fucking stupid. It is me saying I'm a fan and I can't even remember it. But Brockhampton's like last album that they brought out, like last year, like that was easily like in my top five for the year. It was yeah. just incredible. And like if they tour around the UK and like do more UK dates, like I'm there. Right. Like, and I feel like that, that, that is sort of bringing that type of music more into the mainstream. I think there's like that underground, like that, that groundswell maybe of these artists now that are, uh, or getting opportunities to perform and stuff like that is is something really, really, um, really good for the industry. Really, so people that maybe thought they couldn't make it, like SoundCloud rappers and stuff like yeah, that, like people, like, up. yeah, and like some people like will shit all over that because it's just like, well, yeah, these people are in like in their bedrooms, like writing music, recording music, just doing it all really hands on, and then. No, they've earned that right to then move on to those bigger things. It's, really, it's the new garage bands. It's the new yeah early punk movement, mm. sort of repeating again, but obviously in the modern digital age with a, diff- yeah. a different genre as well. One that is um, still really appreciated, but then you and people will still just go back and talk about like the likes of you know Eminem, Jay Z, yeah. um, the greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I don't think it's possible really to compare them to the more new wave stuff because they've got totally different. Um, technology first and foremost and secondly like the um their upbringing as well like the fact that they grew up listening to those people and then took inspiration from them they've then gone down their own route and mixed you know in, in like someone like say post malone's like a mixture of different different genres really yeah. and it's like it's they've amalgamated this incredible new thing that everybody you know from saying they're in their forties, fifties, or whatever, that maybe grew up in like that scene, you know, like NWA and stuff like yeah. that, have come through, and they get they can appreciate Post Malone, but they also they appreciate the fact that they're trying something new and stuff like. that. Like, I'm a big Post Malone fan, like some oh, people. It's aren't. incredible live. Have you seen him live? I as saw well? him at Leeds last year, and from He's, what I remember, like <laughs> it was incredible. Um, but like, as I said, like I've you know I've said a few people there, but maybe my knowledge of maybe like more underground stuff like it's like I've never heard of Lee Scott before and definitely check him out he's that's all I'm going to check out then but, li- um, lyrically talented and references everywhere from anything you could imagine books on psychology to films mm. so it's quite well educated as well and well I wouldn't I wouldn't say educated <laughs> he's, he's got lines about doing business studies in 1998 and yeah knowing that he was going to be his own boss but yeah he's watched a lot of things read a lot of books and mm. And I feel like you kind of have to do that now. You kind of have to go through the, those those hoops personally to accomplish stuff like that. Like you have to be well versed in things because if people call you out on that stuff, you need to be able to retort yeah. and retort um, um, proficiently, uh, proficiently, efficiently. Proficient is not a word, is it? I think it is, Paul. Okay. Do they not both mean the same? Um, uh, if you're going to leave a review for the yeah. podcast, please let us know if proficient <laughs> is a word. I'm just making up shit as I go along. Um, but, but yeah, so they've got to be able to be well-versed. Like this whole like Eminem versus Machine Gun Kelly as yeah. well. It's like these, these diss tracks and stuff like that. I feel like 90% of it 
is probably just marketing and 90% is like, well, if you kick off against this new, yeah, Uh, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, um, you know, the record label saying, Hey, this guy said shit about you. So, and he's got so many millions of followers. So if you want some good exposure, you need to talk shit about him back and just, I mean, I feel like I'm, I kind of prefer it like that though, in comparison to maybe what it was like, maybe like in the eighties and nineties where, you know, people are like going around getting shot and stuff like that. It's like, well, the nineties is still the same. It was Blur and Oasis, but then that was all completely sort of spun by the media rather than yeah, the two yeah. bands going, "We don't like you." Mm. Obviously, there was a slight feud and beef yeah, between yeah. them. But... There was some friction, but it wasn't like to the point where you had like Liam Gallagher going around trying to like start Damon all. No, that'll probably happen with Noel and Liam. Yeah, yeah, in themselves. The future, you know? Like they're just kicking off themselves. At, at the reunion that everyone's so. Do you reckon it'll ever happen? Do you I, think? I don't know. No. Maybe 10, 15 years from now, you know, an anniversary. Yeah. We need a little bit more cash in, the, in our pockets. Yeah, because to, to bring out an album and, regardless if, you know, they announced it tomorrow, it would sell out instantly. Yeah, would. And then they'd be like, right, we'll have to do a tour then. And then that tour will then become a new album and that new album will become another tour. And yeah. they're just going through this emotionally. And there'll be another breakup. And like, oh. And then again, and then it's just yeah. a repeat. Yeah. I think. With the music industry, it's really easy to recycle a lot of old stuff. That's why you get so many remixes nowadays. And every single um, sort of maybe more mainstream track is artist featuring other artists. And that's the fact that they're featuring that other artist that gets the popularity. It's like, oh, there's this track and it features Cardi B. And there's this track and it features, you know, Post Malone or, or something like that. The fact that they've got this individual artist featuring on on this track it means that oh well if i'm a fan of postman i must listen to this person might like the other one, yeah yeah, yeah. Like it's, said, it's clever marketing recycling i think that's why i sort of moved more towards hip-hop i'm not yeah. saying i got bored of like rock music as so to, as, <laughs> yeah, so to say but the sort of you know the, the bands you grew up listening to in favor and they sort of slowly started dying away fading away mm. splitting up and then the new bands that were coming out just weren't sort of appealing to me so then hip-hop yeah. was like oh You've got all these people, producers, like Artists, writers, and yeah. they're just taking samples from an old funk track or an old rock song and mm-hmm. spinning it and making their own, especially like Post Malone. I don't think many people have clocked it, but it's the track with 21 Savage. Mm-hmm. The, the intro to that is basically just the intro to uh, Dio's Holy Diver. If you listen to it, well, it's a rock star. Yeah. It's a rock star, yeah. It's very like melodic, slow, boom, build up, yeah, getting yeah. higher and higher. And it's exactly the same as the intro to Dio's Holy Diver. When I found that, I was just like, Man that's incredible. <laughs> and I thought, that's definitely got to be Post Malone sort of background in rock music. Yeah, because he learned how to play the guitar by playing Guitar Hero, didn't he? Which is just <laughs> mental, because he's just literally like that that sort of emo-y, like that kid between like the sort of later 2000, like, yeah. like late, later noughties through to like, maybe like till 2011, where it's like that was when everyone was playing Guitar Hero. And it was like... Yeah, all the tracks on there were all like well-known rock songs and you, know, you could learn them from there and then yeah. you ended up learning guitar from that. I just think it's like, that goes back to like, sort of like that hands-on, like underground sort of um, scene where you can learn by doing and it's like paying your dues, I guess. Yeah. It's like, well, if if I love this song so much, I'm going to learn it. How yeah, can I, I learn it? And there's another similarity, like I've a lot of both videos. Theos is a bit different compared to both my loans, but there is like Samurais and yeah. Blood and Devil sort of worshipping thieves throughout. Mm-hmm. But like both videos are very similar as well. And I'd like to call Post Malone sort of 
a product of the Tony Hawk sort of generation. Yeah, that's you know, a good like, shout. You play those games, you got a nice sort of mix of mm. rock music, hip hop, and then there's a bit of like pop punk of, and, and thrasher stuff as well. Bit, yeah, like more than the newer games had a bit of sort of funkier dance tracks in them mm. as well. And obviously, the amalgamation again. Tony Hawk's at some point in their life. Mm. If not, you're a FIFA kid, and they've also got sort of. They've got like a mixture. Sure. Of, yeah. Sure. More recently, anyway, because I, I play FIFA a lot. I really only play like maybe two video games, and that's like WWE and FIFA. And I'll buy it every year religiously. And it's like people make it on your back, like, why are you buying the same game pretty much as last year and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. But it's like. I'm all those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair enough. Like, I, I can see people's argument with it. Uh, it goes back again, I guess, to like recycling. Like, it's, it's the same format. If it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it, yeah. sort of thing. And, um, like like Tony Hawk, like Underground, like I think Underground Two is like renowned like having this like amazing like like uh, tracklist. Like and one of the bands that I think that you introduced me to that I'm now like one of my favorite ones was, was Goldfinger. Yeah. Definitely. And I was like you and I listened to like the best of Goldfinger album. Like I that's all you really needed to listen to. And I've seen him yeah. um, I've seen him twice now. I saw him at Slam Dunk last year and and uh, and the year before. And it was like I had like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about yeah. it now. But it's like. Um, they were really funny actually like when they saw the second time they were like who saw us last year I was like yeah, yeah me it's like good we're playing the exact same set again <laughs> yeah, yeah. Woo! It, it was so good like the fact that 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 was something that I like through you I then got really really excited about and then got so passionately um, attached to this band and like specifically that album and, and although it was like a best of it's like well that's sort of what you I find that if you're new to a band if you can listen to maybe what their most well-known yeah. sort of the greatest record. hits album that is or, called, yeah. or if there is a greatest hits album if you're late to the party and they've had like you know two or three albums on they made like a compilation yeah. give that a listen because then you're going to get a taste of everything from different from different um, versions of that band and different albums and um, that was something that I was just like oh yes it's finally come it's finally happened and I managed to get to do it twice and I was just so like I was a cracking gig. It was just I mean, obviously it was like a maybe a half an hour set uh, or so, but it was like the lead singer of Goldfinger. His name uh, sweeps my mind now, but he's also a producer, so he helped produce the the last Blink album. Yeah. Um, he's also um, produced with Travis Barker uh, for Fever Three Three Three's album. So. Yeah. Like you, you were a fan of that live as well. I was at the start, but I sort of like I said, moved hip hop and just yeah. Well, to be fair, faded off. If you li- I don't know if you listen to Fever Three 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 now, like Jason's new band, but like that's are- the all like black band. If I'm right in saying all black, I'm a- Af- African American. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, the guitarist is uh, white. Well. Right. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a couple of videos. But, it, looks, um, it looks intense. Right? Yeah, they're like they, they call them demonstrations, and I think it's like again to put on that twist and like that new. Like adding a new gravitas to like a, a show, it's like you're going to watch something that is a movement. Like um, I watched um, yesterday while she sleeps, and one support bands was straight from the path, and that's like a very big political, um, th- like thriving band yeah. that is very anti-Trump, very um, anti-capitalist, anti-capitalist, and yeah. And it just and you their lyrics like um, one of the guys that I went to go um, the gig with yesterday, he never. Like he's a big Sleeps fan, so he was going more for them, and I was like, "You're gonna love Straight from the Path," because yeah. he's like he's very politically entwined as well. He's always commenting on that kind of stuff on Facebook, and um, he does his you know he does his research as well. So then, when Straight from the Path, like one of the opening lines for the song is, um, "Every which white kid has got something to say," and then it's like, <laughs> "Shut the fuck up!" 
And he was like, what? He was like, yeah. And he's like, that is my new favourite lyric. And I was like, it should be. It's a powerful lyric. It's a powerful lyric. And like one of the like, um, um, like one of the breakdowns of the songs is like, Nazi punks fuck off. And it just goes straight into it. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you, I can't remember the name of that song, but I'm really terrible with names just in general. So okay. like, it's probably easier that I do call your own though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I can't, I'm really terrible with the names sort of things, but like, like one of the videos for one of the songs of the newer album, I think it's one where it says Nazi punks fuck off. And, and it's like the whole video is like this guy who is, uh, a big Nazi and, and like far right sort of follower. And yeah. the whole video is him getting, found out that he was, like, trying to promote propaganda and, like, the police, like, stole his house and, like, they beat him up. But it's, like, he then gets, like, arrested and stuff, like, for, like obviously promoting propaganda. But it was really... There was such a powerful band with such a powerful message with now a powerful video that you can, yeah. you can watch and stuff like that. And that's the kind of music that I'm trying to get more involved with, a bit more in terms of, in terms of listening, like, bands that have something to say. And it's it's a powerful message that you'll be able to take something away from it. And, but then also you felt, you felt like you're a part of something as well. It kind of goes, yeah. I think the idea of like politics and religion is, is sort of goes hand in hand with music in that sense. Like, by yeah, it. I definitely, I definitely agree. Like that's one of the reasons why I sort of moved away from Enter Shikari. And mm. um, like, they were one of my all time favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Still rate the first album highly. The first few EPs, mm. like Empty, one of their best tracks, mm-hmm. but they started to become too political in a sense, but it's like very anti-capitalist, but at the same time, oh, we're putting up albums every year, year in, year out. Fair yeah. enough. They're making, making a living. That's their income. Sure. But then it's buy the merch. We're on tour. Oh, we've just played UK January, February. We're playing another tour November time in mm. like, you know, and then they're in America, say for the summer. Sure. And it's, I get you are anti-capitalist, but there's, the, the yeah. fine line that you sort the, of gravitating between, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like in terms of like Enter Shikari, um, being able to see them play um, Take to the Skies in full yeah. was just the only thing I could describe it was something as like it was euphoric. Yeah. So I'm going to miss that gig, but Dude. obviously having the privilege of seeing it what ten odd years ago yeah. now. But like, have you seen it you live? Yeah. Oh, so, so that's all right then. No, I've seen him. I've seen him fifteen times live. I think fifteen. I, I I knew you were a number ahead of me. Yeah. I think I'm I'm up there maybe like seven or eight times. I'm saying like, I've seen him what leads probably about eight of those times. Sure. Like, yeah. yeah. And um, but like that was just like I I remember like specifically on the day of slam dunk because I bought the tickets because of the guys I was going with like uh, from uni and um we used to like hang out and like just sitting there like in like that their room and stuff. I'm used to just like play like the the stuff that we grew up listening to again yeah. and the stuff with like Enna Shikari and um and Lost Profits actually. Yeah. Which I still go back and listen to second album please. How, how do you feel about that actually? Just, well, I'll, I'll leave that Shikari story for the time. But that that's just that's obviously given the nature of that band and what the association is now. It's an interesting topic to have. Yeah. So I suppose you can relate it to sort of the Nazi idea as well. Like it's mm. is it, you know I mean there could be Nazis out there that like that band and like sure. enjoy them, enjoy the music, so you know, mm-hmm. it gets them pumped up in a, in a way. But with Ian Watkins, it was disturbing to find mm. out, obviously, smoking beth, uh, meth with babies. That's weird, but you know, growing up, you heard that album like, like, Town Hill, Shino- like, like, yeah, see as well. And even that one of the, uh, the later albums, it's cemented into your, into mm. your memory. And 
it's it's such a bit it's it's an incredibly bitter and sort of harrowing thing that happened yeah. and the fact that the music and I just feel sorry for the bandmates as yeah. well that you know you know maybe oblivious to this so they've and, had their sort of livelihood story and now they yeah exactly they they go down with the sinking ship mm. in that case and and the fact that like their music and that their albums are tainted like it's like ooh, should I listen to this because of what the connotations are of uh, I think there was a thing that people pulled up that like uh, like the video for one of the songs as well um, I can't remember what it's called again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think a friend of ours, uh, I think Royden shared it. Um, I think he put made a point about the uh, the video to like one of their songs as well. Like I think it involved like either like kidnapping or like yeah. involved like something like involved like like kids and stuff like that. It was, it was just like that puts a whole new spin on it as yeah. well, and it's just just like i said just really really harrowing and like upsetting yeah. the fact that you know you, you were a huge fan like they wish they were like playing shows um you know maybe a year or two before like, like that came out if that i yeah. know they were playing um radio ones um big weekend yeah, yeah. and it was like that was only maybe i think not even five years ago or so and yeah. like the fact that it's it's still really prominent and like you know, there's still going to be people listening to it on Spotify. And I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you should, but it's like obviously yeah. it's it's a very it's a very thing, a very personal thing that you can. It's like if you're feeling slightly nostalgic and you want to listen to it, then yeah, it's it's there it's, to listen enjoying to. Enjoying it for nostalgic it's, sake of it, as a excuse me, as opposed to, to. I suppose it's hard to not listen to it and remember who he is and think about yeah, what has happened. Yeah. But it's, it's trying like, to get that attachment. Maybe you are. I'd say it's sort of similar with Gary Glitter. Like obviously growing up, mm. watched every Adam Sandler film and he uses the oh, I can't think of the track name now either it's, but it's the dump the, and every sort of sporting montage or like big right. final sort of scene where the, the good guy is going to win he's just got this Gary Glitter beat in the background and obviously I had no idea who Gary Glitter was but I was like oh, what's that song find the song just yeah, download yeah. it onto my iPod thoroughly enjoyed it but then I found out oh, who it is Gary Glitter yeah that's slightly problematic will I one day be witch hunted for having this one Gary Glitter track on my <laughs> iPod in, in my drawer yeah and I think you know in terms of like celebrities in general like, there's so many people now coming out of the woodwork whether it be um, um, well, Harvey Weinstein I love Tarantino films and most of them are under his production oh, company is, that is a really interesting point that you said that I remember watching for the first time Zach and Mira make a porno yeah. like a couple of months ago and then at the start I said Weinstein production yeah. I was like mm. and then obviously yeah, that sort of changes your perception of what the film I was just like wow okay and then I started watching it and then you can just see things that you know in terms of the conscious decisions whether it be by the writers or or, or by the you know the company that are making the film yeah. you can see that why that person maybe was employed I mean, granted they're trying to play out something that is ludicrous anyway yeah but it's the fact that you know the subject matter that they're dealing with like people making a porno <laughs> and they're hiring certain people for certain reasons and then you know in terms of the degrading like nature of of, of that as well you know, oh, you, there's, a, there's, a there's so much behind female in it it's like oh she's the typical sort of yeah. porn actress and it's the fact that she like spoilers if you haven't watched the film but like the the fact that like she gets popular because she was caught like either like getting changed or like you yeah. know bending like upskirt and stuff like that so the fact that that is the main focal point 
and then the catalyst for this story and it's made by that company it's just like it's it seems a, a completely obvious now to 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 us given the um the exposure of uh, of Harvey Weinstein the fact that that's now come out is like it just it just it all I don't want to say it makes sense, but it definitely, like, there's puts two and two together, maybe. Yeah, it's sort of like he's got his, I won't say his own narrative, but he's got his vision of what sort of films he wants to yeah. put out to the world and sort of his message. Mm-hmm. Not in a propaganda way, but obviously every film's got a narrative and mm. it conveys its own story. The beginning, the middle, and the end. And... But, you know, he's going, well, the Jewish guy and the blonde girl, they're going to make a porno. And then Tarantino film, I'm going to have, I would say, a someone getting murdered or a rape scene or something and he's pushing mm. a sort of his own agenda obviously he can't yeah. the Weinstein company still operates I believe yeah his yeah brothers, but that's all all going to change it'd be interesting to see how the landscape of film and yeah. music changes over the next 10 20 years or so with, yeah with everyone sort of getting caught and exposed and yeah I mean obviously if you're dealing if, if, if people are dealing in shady antics and it's you know that that sort of thing. I think that ethically, it's right for them to, I say, be exposed, but at least m- maybe not exposed completely publicly, because then you, that just adds a uh, in terms of you know going back to maybe like lost profits, like the rest of the bands then has to yeah. then you know carry that on their shoulders as well. But it's just through like connotations, isn't it? But yeah. I feel like people need to take the responsibility and hold their hands up more. It's like you know like the stuff like Liam Neeson as well, just recently, yeah. and, and the, the fact, fact that. You know, that's a sort of difficult, tricky thing to talk about, really. Yeah, like, it is. Relations at this current period, are mm-hmm. maybe uh, not so much here, but in America, and definitely. But obviously, you never, like you said, you never acted on it. He's just purely filled with rage, and that was in in, yeah. in the moment at the time. And did you did you watch uh, like Trevor Noah's um, no, feeling on it? No. You know Trevor Noah. Yeah. yeah, he had a really like interesting thing to say about it. it was like he was in that moment. Um, through rage, had an angry racist thought. Yeah. Now, people can have angry racist thoughts all the time. It's whether they verbalise them or not. But the fact that he verbalised it and admitted the fact that, yes, I had this thought, like, he's not... Um, like It's 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 a case that Liam Neeson isn't necessarily... Was not should not be fully classified as a racist. Yeah. But he had a racist thought in yeah. the fact that I'm pretty sure a lot of other people will have racist oh, thoughts. I, 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 I thought about, like, the whole... American sort of Vegas shootings and yeah, it's yeah. always it's always a white person and like you know there's going to be anyone of any sort of race ethnicity mm-hmm. in America that's going to feel angry outraged at this white person and possibly feel exactly the same way that Liam Neeson yeah. did you know what I mean it's, it's impossible to say that no one's ever had a a negative nasty thought about other people anyone, we're, we're not all of us are racist you know what I mean but you might have been shoulder barged on the street and you're going to go yeah. and then move, <laughs> move on from it you know what I mean like it's it's just part of human nature to be to be angry at certain sure. things, like. But like, I can't class him as racist because we've never met the guy. I don't. Yeah, well, know that, the guy, that's exactly the thing. He had a racist thought. He's not in, like inadvertently now classified as a fully racist. He's not going around like now, obviously berating yeah. anyone of, of a particular race. Now he's he's you know he's came out admitted something that he knows himself was wrong. Yeah. So he's he's kind of took ownership of that. And, you know, he's even gone and, like, seek help from it as well after that. And he's... Trevor Noah's point was the fact that then it's, like, he then carried on talking about it in interviews because, obviously, it became, like, a big topic. Oh, my God, Liam Neeson's racist. And it's, like, well, it's racist with an asterisk. And the asterisk is that he had a racist thought. 
and he was able to say that and he was able to get that point across but the fact that he kept going on about it he was like yeah okay you, you, you're yeah. taking it too far now like the right. fact you're trying to do more with it is pr- and, and let rather than letting it lie is sort of making it a bit more like maybe you are yeah. I, I, yeah. I just think it's it's, it's an, we I think as a, as a society now especially maybe our generation like the term like snowflake gener- snowflake generation yeah. it's something that I maybe work with like I think that it's wrong to sort of categorize us as people like for being sensitive I also think that there's like a level of sensitivity as well but I think that's like like maybe just said with, with with anyone really but you know the fact that we are brought up now as someone that has technology at their fingertips yeah. and you know we, I, I mean I spoke about it in the episode with Ashley like the whole point of like social media the fact that it's pretty pretty backwards so like I don't necessarily post too much on, on social media yeah, I'm the same, exactly the same don't post anything on Facebook rarely tweet mm. Instagram's my go to occasional yeah. story occasional picture yeah and that's it so like the whole NSA sort of thing that blew my mind. If you've not seen the film Snowden, highly recommend it. Is that on Netflix or something? Uh, I think it might be. Might have been taken down. I'm not sure. But I'm working through a list of films this year because yeah. I just cult classics that I may have never actually got around to. So I'm trying to watch one film a week, and uh, I watched Goodwill Hunting last week. Yeah, incredible. Film. And I was like, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I only recently watched it. I think December for the first time, and it's just incredible. incredible. Yeah. Literally incredible, and I'm just like emotional roller coaster. It is. Like, you just like like. Like, Will, just go and follow her. Like, yeah. <laughs> go to California. What are you doing? <laughs> and then he said, he's like, just, just tell her. Just tell her that you love her. Just tell her. Like, like, I've, I've never actually exclaimed at a television. Like I, like, I can't remember last time I did that. And I was like, that emotionally involved in a story. Yeah. And I find, I just find it really funny that, like, that still is one of, like, one of the well-renowned films. Like, even going, like, towards the 90s or into now, the fact that people say, oh, you got to watch that. Yeah. You, you, how have you not watched it? Sort well, of thing? Like, for me, I'd always known of it. I've already uh, always heard of it. And it's, sort of, like, referenced in Family Guy and things yeah. like that. And then I think it's Jay and Silent Bob. They're, like, mm-hmm. recreating the bar scene where he completely just destroys the guy. Yeah, Like, yeah, oh, yeah. you've read this book. Well, next semester you're going to read this book. And then you're going to say, and yeah, yeah. Weird, like, that's in Jay and Silent Bob. It's like the, the catchphrase or the, the quote, how do you like them apples? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When, when, that, when he said that line, I was like, oh, oh that's what I got And everything sort of just yeah, clicked into place. Same, and, I was the same. I was like, oh, that's, that's what they fucking got it wrong. All right. So yeah, it's like with Kubrick films, Stanley Kubrick films. Yeah, I watched, like, um, what was it? Um, oh my God, what is that film called now? One in Vietnam. Oh, uh, uh <laughs> for, uh, Full Metal Jacket Full Metal Jacket yeah. I watched that as well like, uh, like two weeks prior and I was like wow well his films are very heavily referenced in everything yeah, people talk yeah. about it in, in music it's referenced in art mm-hmm. it's referenced in TV shows and I've slowly been working through them mm-hmm. but like some of them have been I remember the first time I watched Clockwork Orange I was probably about 12 late night <laughs> shouldn't have been watching it <laughs> and then like, yeah, I, yeah. I waited a couple of, and I watched it again I had a sort of better understanding mm-hmm. but like the first time I watched 2001 Space Odyssey that just That's completely that completely blew my mind. mind like it was made two years before the first moon landings then like there's, there's like tablets in it like, like exactly like iPads like broadcasting yeah, the BBC yeah. but to them in space and there's just this one scene where floating out and all you can, the only sound you hear is just deep breathing. Mm. Like you say, he's underwater, just making sure his oxygen doesn't run out. And 
I was watching it alone, headphones on, and Ooh, that just the, the way it sort of <laughs> it controlled my own breathing. Just what, how, what, such an incredibly talented Very guy. Very psychological, to, yeah. stuff, isn't it? Like, like, like a lot of lot of the films I've never seen The Shining, but I could probably play That's out for you word for, like well. not word for word, but I could describe it scene the by references, scene. References like, like the carpet that's featured in Toy Story. Obviously, yeah. here's Johnny, mm-hmm. the typewriter. There's a whole Simpsons episode based on The Shining. Yeah, so yeah. I could I could play it out for you scene by scene without ever actually having to see it. No, yeah, like um, I'm gonna draw it back to what I was gonna say about the Shikari story. Okay, because. I started it and didn't finish it. And if we were playing um, Mastermind, yeah. we'd go back. I remember then uh, going back to uh, Shikari and music. I mean, in terms of psychological stuff as well, right. this, this sort of maybe ties into it. Um, the whole reason that I wanted to go to that slam dunk was because they announced they were going to play Take the Skies and Fall. And I was like, yeah. talk Can't about that coming of age album in terms of, like, that sort of introduced me to to metal music and rock music Hardcore and hardcore stuff but then it's also like that twist of like you know techno and electronica yeah. and that kind of stuff as well like that amalgamation of of those two genres in that way it was just something that completely blew my mind and just it, it made me move away and, and concentrate on rather than looking at genres separately and it's like looking at them together and seeing how they can actually like work right. so um so I remember, like, I, I booked it and then, like, um, when we were, just got our wristbands, like, for the day, and we went to go sit in Beer Keller, which is just next to uh, Millennium Square in Leeds, and it was a case that I was looking for, like, the lineup and everything like that, and, uh, like, like, stage times and stuff, yeah. and it was, like, looking, and I was just like, oh, my God, I get to see Adieu live, like, yeah. like that is probably my favourite Shikari song, it's, like, such an emotionally driven song, and, like, there's so many other connotations to it, like, through, whether it be, like, past relationships, or whether it be, um, again, just that, like, like, build-up of tension, and, like, yeah. the, the, the build. guitar, like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It's just something that just really, really resonated with me, and then, like, when, like, when I saw it live, like, when I saw it, I was like, like I'm, I'm more, I'm quite against like the idea of filming stuff at shows now, and everyone that's like maybe seen me like when I went to like walk tour and stuff, you could say we well, were a fucking hypocrite. It's like, well, yeah, we yeah. have changed. Posting pictures on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, posting pictures and stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. With you. I, I Take try to one get one shot and leave. One it, shot, maybe. and then maybe if there's the one song that you really just want to catch on video, yeah. get that and then. But enjoy I'm, the rest of it. But them. I'm trying to get away from that. So like when I went uh, to the gig yesterday, I didn't take any pictures. I just wanted to enjoy it. Yeah. And um, and and I got a chance to do that. So when I was like sat um, in Baker, like I literally just got like goosebumps straight away. And I was just like, oh my God, I actually get to watch this song live yeah. today. And I remember like messaging. Um, oh, I can't remember. Did I message you? I might have done. I can't, I can't remember. I know I messaged some people from like... Um, like from, I used to be in like in, in, like in a band with, which you were also at the very very start. Well, the very you were in that as yeah. well. Um, but um, we, like I and saying like guys, I get to see Shikara play Take to the Skies. And like, again, that's just it's one of those albums that just and one of those bands at that time where it was just like this is what identified as a um, as a catalyst for creativity in terms of songwriting, yeah. in terms of like the, the direction we wanted to go like as a band and stuff like that. And the fact that I managed like to like see it, it's like I, I at that point I was pretty tired. It was a really sunny day. I was I've already been drinking and stuff. So yeah. like you know, living the festival life in that in that case, even though for the day, 
And like, I was like, oh my God, they're going to play it. And then they played it and it was just like, I, I was sobbing. I was like, oh God. <laughs> like you could like, like I'm like wailing, like singing it. It's like, ah, like through like tears and stuff. I was like shooting it like with my phone. And it was just like, oh, that is just something that is so, the fact that I have, <laughs> sorry, the fact that I have that moment and I've got it like now, like saved. It's like, it's great. I can go back and watch that at any time and stuff. Yeah. And um, that's something that's just really, really resonated uh, with me. So, like, have you got a, a favourite, like, gig you've ever, like, been to? Most recently would definitely be Oliver Tree, Manchester Academy. Oliver Tree. So yeah. just just talk about Oliver Tree, because I, I, you introduced me to Oliver um, Tree. He's sort of, like, quite meta as, like, a, as yeah, an artist. Very self-aware, but and, just and purely satirical. But it's quite... You have to, you'd have to Google him yourself if you've never heard of him to sort of. Yeah. Did he like start off as like a guy like on Vine, like with memes and stuff, uh, or am I getting? I don't, I don't know if it was Vine, but he'd, on YouTube doing bits with other people and yeah, his whole aesthetic is like what do you say, nineties mm. sort of nostalgia, big jeans. Oh yeah, he's got like, he's got like colourful track proper bowl cut haircut and. Just a like, huge likes, sense of irony. Likes really. to ride scooters, but he's just poking fun at everyone. Obviously, pokes fun at people who vape as well. And yeah, yeah. But like, to, uh, from what I've grasped, he's, he's very ironic. He's very self-aware. Yeah, yeah. But he's doing it because he wants to make music and he wants to. It's like he's just put up a video of Genius where he analyzes his his lyrics. Yeah. And it's just, the song is blatantly about like getting your heart broken or splitting up with someone mm-hmm. and move like there's so much that depict images to me of moving away from toxic friendships so but then right. the main theme of the song is like heartbreak and separation mm. but then he's describing the song it's like yeah hey, I was this close to winning the scooter world championship <laughs> um, rolled down this mega rolling and I got to the bottom and there's this little tiny pebble and I flew over the head uh, is that the one where like in the, in the promotional advert for it it's like this video costs one million dollars so just like pointing like literally the irony of like you know because it's like in terms of music it's oh, is, is it it's, it's, it's like really weird pop music but it's not sort of because there's elements music. of rap there's elements of hip hop to it like, as well yeah, trap, but, sort and, of beats, yeah. And then, but then he's got other songs that are just more up tempo and like funky and mm-hmm. it is it, I, I wouldn't know what genre to put it under but Similar to Anishkari, it's sort of a, a nice mix, a, a, a nice mixture fusion of, of, of different things yeah. that are, like, I remember watching, like, the video to, um, I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one that goes, I killed down to... Uh, Alien Boy. Alien Boy, That's thank you. mixed with another track. Yeah, because of the video nicely. for it, it's like a mixture of two of his uh, songs, isn't it? I remember listening to that EP, because uh, after, because you... Like the whole reason why I got into got into him and listened to him is because like you shared something on Facebook for it and yeah. like obviously as you said you don't really share yeah, too much I think stuff. I think I quoted uh, the most unsurpassable music video of this year. Yes, that was it. And so then I was like the I'm Russian, really Russian group Little Big released this their Skibidi video. And oh I was yeah. Like, no, right. I'm, I'm done. The music <laughs> videos there. They're the top two videos. That's that Skibidi video is. Yeah, next level. But I also got into them last year and. Mm. Need to see them, but I are they sort of like a, a D. Antwood sort of thing? Yeah, like, again, self-aware, sort of ironic characters that are more performance artists, I'd say, than mm. musicians. Well, they are musicians, obviously, but there's there's like musician maybe second, yeah. which is not necessarily a bad thing in that because ent- it's entertainment, isn't they're, it? They're actors with a backing track and some microphones. You know, mm. it's interesting. To an extent, it's musical theatre. Yeah. Well, just you are the professional. Just, 
Well, I'm not musically trained, but no. uh, but in terms of maybe the theatre stuff, like yeah, there's 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 a huge um, like scale of everything really. It's and like there's always going to be something for everyone, which is which is really um, which is really good actually. I think that the fact that you can invest in stuff that you like and you've got the option to say yes or no, and you've got the the freedom to to choose like uh, choose in that case. Um, I was talking yesterday about bands in terms of like. If while she sleeps, I put on a gig, like, I'm going. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to see while she sleeps. I'm not going to hear the new album, which I will probably like. They just launched it. They just released it today, actually. So if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, it's available on Spotify. And they're not plugging this by any means, but I am because <laughs> there you go. And it was a great show. So, um, but like, um, one of the guys we went with yesterday was like, it was in Watch uh, Straight from the Path. His name's Robson. And, uh, I know he'll be listening to this. He's a big podcast fan. So hi, Robson. Thanks Hello. for coming to the gig with me, mate. Um, he um, like he had only really listened to like um, like this is the six like yeah. that album sort of thing. So he listened to like their older stuff, and he's from Sheffield anyway. So he's like he's the Steel City. Yeah. yeah, so he knows it. But like in terms of like their new, like I think the last album he listened to was Brainwashed, and then they've had like now as of today like two new albums since so we hadn't really listened to the new stuff and I was saying to him like I honestly think like You Are We that album is probably their like best musically and best lyrically it's it's just it's just an, an incredible piece of, of music like the whole album and um, like he only know, doesn't know all the new stuff but it's the fact that he gets to be a part of it and he gets the, it's the fact that he yeah. can learn the new stuff and gets to see it live as well so it's like, like I don't necessarily like anticipate people's release like I'm a fan of the band yeah, and I'll be a fan of particular albums, be a fan of particular songs, but I like I don't like pigeonhole and say, oh, that album was trash. Like, why? Would, why like that was a rubbish album. And I think sometimes well, you have to give things time. Like when Shikari brought up the Spark, I was like not a big fan hesitant, of it. Yeah. I was hesitant because it's like you know it's a bit more mainstreamy kind of stuff, and it's like maybe going back to what you were saying, like maybe it's sort of against what they what they sort of promote as a band. Yeah. But then when like. I got through like to listening to it more and more around about this time last year, like giving it like a chance to listen, like a chance and just like appreciating the fact that this is a band that have obviously now gained a huge fan base and it's like now trying to take it to the next level. And like, you know, why should I hold that against them? And it's like, oh, you sold out. It's like that idea, that whole idea of like maybe selling out, I think is. Is a case that well, you've become popular. Every man's got the price, haven't they? Like at the end of the day, maybe. You know, there's a point where someone's going to go, well, I'll give you X amount of money for this. Mm. And they're going to go, yeah, of course. But, um, they, you know, at the same time, they, especially like, like with Shikari and Bring Me as well, like Bring Me on their last tour, like did like a medley of all their old stuff in like, right. like three or four tracks and they just like did like parts of them. And then like Shikari did one as well when they played Boomtown last yeah, year. the quick fire round. Or whatever like a quick fire round. Yeah. So they still be able to like cater to that fan base and you get to hear it all. And it's like, yeah, like, like they get to have a bit of fun with it as well and it's a bit more yeah. like in terms of a live stage show it's more entertaining it's not like just playing the same stuff over time it's like the reason why Chicago stopped playing Sorry You're Not A Winner on a lot of their tours is because they were sick of playing it yeah. like it's great it was a song that sort of maybe threw them into the into the limelight yeah exactly yeah. and like obviously you're going to get sick of playing that stuff so it's like uh, Sleeps yeah, last uh, last night didn't play um, I can't remember if it was This Is The Six or Seven Hills they didn't play one of them and it was like well that was not like the staple in the set and they didn't play it but it's like well good on them they got new material you, you might as well yeah. play the new stuff no one's going to become a fan of it if you don't play it or no one's going to get um, exposed to it if you don't play it yeah. to, get, to have an opinion on it anyway well hopefully there'll always be 
hopefully going to split up but like reunion shows anniversary shows mm-hmm. like the past month I've spent probably like 300 pounds on gig tickets mm-hmm. one of them being the Gods of Raptor with oh. Wu-Tang Clan Public Enemy and Bale Soul and obviously yeah, it's going to be a bit weird seeing all these older men sort of mm-hmm. trying to keep up and, and rap they, on stage they, they but had, um, oh they had the Sugar Hill Gang at uh, no. Parish in Huddersfield like, last year like Huddersfield has a venue called the Parish, which is like a rock metal pub. Like, did you go for a pint in there uh, when you I came did. through? Yeah. A lovely atmosphere. Like, there's ba- baby dolls hanging from the ceiling, like hands coming <laughs> out. Is bit that's a bit it's weird, but it's but, like some of like, the stuff on all about like old movie posters and like yeah. um, dead nice aesthetic and atmosphere in there. Like, yeah, there's a kind of a weird mix of people. It was like I don't say Chavi or Scally, but there's that sort of crowd and then a more alternative crowd, crowd alternative, it was all mixed, all happy, everyone having a, a good time. But there's like a venue out back which holds probably like. 200 cap right. so it's a really small venue and there's like no barriers no one no one mans it like security wise right. but like sleeps have played there uh in like the past sort of three years or so cancer bats have played there right. uh we saw silverstein there as well and like they had like the wu-tang like not wu-tang so i had sugar sugar hill gang playing yeah. it was just like oh my god now sort of here for after the light it was here for after the light the whole 10 minute long version yeah but it's just great like the fact that like you have these older bands that are coming through to the smaller venues because, well, maybe because they want to make like a quick book, fair enough. But also like a lot of time they do it and it's like they appreciate the smaller intimate venues yeah. as well. And I think that like Shikari did uh, a tour like that as well um, a number of years ago. They played New Brighton and they played, uh, that was a, that was a crazy gig as well. Cause I remember like- oh, The Pavilion, yeah. Yeah, they played The Pavilion. And um, it was just nice to be in a room, which I think earlier that year I'd gone to go and watch some for um, for like, part of um, a sixth form like I was studying like, studying drama like a sixth form uh, and at A levels and stuff like, I had to go watch like a performance yeah. and I like, watched like Othello and then a couple of months later I was in the same same room watching a Shikari play I was like getting what's, rowdy what's, yeah what's happening um, but I think it's um, I think it's really good that the fact that we've probably just spoken for the past like half an hour before it happened. I don't know how long we've been speaking for. and it's like about something that we are so passionate about yeah. and the fact that we have this connection through music and we can always like like for example if I were to say I'm going like, I think I've mentioned that earlier I wanted to go to Jera on air yeah, I'm, not going, I'm not going to go because architects have pulled out oh, I said I really want to go because Parkway have replaced them <laughs> have they? Yeah. I, I, know, I know Parkway have been announced but I thought Parkway were announced as well as architects so I think there's another replacement Ooh, possibly so well. but either way like um I was like really, really keen to go for that, and I was just like, I'm really looking to go into this. And I, I sent you the lineup, and you were just like, yeah. definitely like my sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So you still Holland got that as well. Still got those metal there. Uh, yeah. Um, nice chief metal festival. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad at all. Um, but it's nice that I have. I know that I can always just go and say, I know Elmo will appreciate this. I know yeah. Elmo will be interested in this sort of thing because, well, one because you're a friend first and foremost, <laughs> but secondly because one of the reasons you're a friend is because we have like that shared common ground. So. and like in terms of like today and what we're doing um i know that you sort of reached out to me and said you wanted to come on and talk about something yeah yeah Yeah. and um, wanted to sort of address something that has um impacted my life yeah Yeah. Uh, maybe 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 it's easier for you to say that because it's you know it's, it's your thing but you know, you came. Uh, you spoke to me about um, a diagnosis that you had earlier back uh, during university, yeah. and as up until 
up until now maybe haven't necessarily had a chance or a platform maybe to talk about it and you know you reached out and said you'd love to come on and talk about it and you know I was you know I was you know more than happy to offer this this to you and again it meant a lot the fact that you you know wanted to to share to share publicly with people yeah publicly you know on a personal level publicly with me and then and secondly like the fact that this is something that it could be you know therapeutic for you as well or else I would hope would be so the, the complete mood of this podcast has just changed. So, um, but, uh, I mean, by all means, like the, the, the floor, I guess is yours. If, if you're comfortable and if you want me to like, you know, introduce yeah. anything, you can, and, and for whatever's easiest for you really at this point. Um, but, um, in terms of what you've by being, um, you know, diagnosed with, do you want to just maybe go into that maybe for now and just sort of yeah. see where we go from there? But, um, uh, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, as Jack said, I was second year of uni, I had a diagnosis. Uh, that started, the process for the diagnosis started two years previously. Okay. Um, it was mentioned to me by an ex-partner at the time, whose mother had sort of recognised symptoms and traits of the diagnosis that I might have. Okay. And obviously two years long, pro- long time to process, go through it, uh, meeting doctors, psychologists, other people. Actually, like six months in between each meeting, but well, my diagnosis came through, and I'm, I believe it's a mild Asperger's, so I'm on the okay. autistic spectrum at one end. Okay. And that's like, as you know, me Jack, I'm always the not the shy, quiet kid, but yeah, very reserved. Kept myself to myself through. through yeah, school. I, I think there was always with, with in terms of you know after you know you sort you told me about 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 this, it was yeah. like my my first reaction to it was like, well. First and foremost, you're still Elmo. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not going to, I don't, cause I feel like people, you know, when they find out stuff like that, and especially find out maybe later in life as well, like yeah. it can turn things, you know, it can, like, turn, you know, it can turn your life around, maybe, or turn your life upside down and stuff like that. Like the fact that you then become maybe conscious of it, I don't know, but, and uh, the fact that you were able to, to share that and, and, and say that was something that I knew for a fact took a lot to get to that point, I would have thought anyway. Um, and it also, it presented um, the idea that, you know, some people could also take that and just be like, oh, well, and I've got to tread lightly when I when I hang out with you, and I've got to be wary of what I say and, and stuff like that. And, and to me, it was just like, well, first, like he's gone out to, 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 you know, to, get, to get answers to questions that he never really thought to ask. Yeah. And, and I feel like, the fact that you've you've gone through that and now come to, and, and 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 come to that realization and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, to an extent, do you feel like you've come to terms with that then? In, in more or less, it's I won't say problematic, but there's aspects of sort of everyday life that mm-hmm. still trouble me. So, say if a manager came to me in work and just said, "Ask me a question" or yeah. says something to me, I'd start not to panic, but trying to think of the right words to say back to them right and basically Asperger's me, sort of means that do take a lot of things very literally like I can understand sarcasm I sure that, but sometimes a sarcasm can roll roll over my head I, yeah. I know it when I'm delivering it yeah yeah but I if say give me an, uh, a tattoo or instructions mm-hmm. I will do it literally how you tell me to do it so every, to the dot to the letter every word I yeah, will follow yeah. and then they might go well hang on why are you doing it like that? And that's because 
it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of like my brain is wired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no other way around. Very literate and, and um, logical. Yeah. Like that's what I like to consider myself logical and like a person who's a lot of reason to sort of. Because mm-hmm. I, I think like you're someone that's also very creative as well. So in terms yeah. of like you know that. I mean, we talked about, about music, like the very sort of hands-on, like and you, like you study photography at uni as well. Yeah. So like, in terms of like how maybe how you see photography now, has that changed as well? Like that's something that's quite a passion to you has now has maybe got new, I don't, I don't want to say a new life, but like you've got an alternative maybe thing you can look things through maybe. It's, well, university sort of changed my perspective of photography anyway. It made me sort of hate the medium and... Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as I started doing art in high school, I loved it. It was just this pure opportunity to create whatever I wanted and sort of express myself. It's like no other sort of lesson that mm-hmm. you let you do. But then, obviously, taking it further, A-levels, like college, mm-hmm. university, did sort of give me an understanding that it's not like what it once was. As I enjoyed it as a kid. Right. My Asperger's sort of, especially on a photography degree, was... That she was to say, but why? What? Why is this photo saying this to you? And mm. I'm like, because that's what I see. I see it like that. Yeah, I get that. There's symbolism with death or whatever yeah. narrative the, the photo was trying to give. But it's to me, it's either a good image, I like it, or it's not. And like, there's very uh, troublesome, just, like argument. Yeah. Like photography is a very opinionated sort of subject. Anyway, there's, yeah. it's like the science is very simple. Light. Enters the camera, you hit the sensor, you take the picture. Mm-hmm. That's it, and that's basically it. So, like the science is like three percent. The rest is just pure, pure opinion, and it's a medium that's only existed for two hundred years now, I believe. And how far it's come, and how technology's like pushed it further and further. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it? Am I? Am I right to say that I like that photo, and that should be how it is, or mm-hmm. uh, is the tutor right? And it was like writing my final essay I sort of decided to focus on the future of well a short camera history and then the future of photography and where I sort of perceive it to go because like obviously art imitates life history repeats Mm -hmm. if you remember the 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 little red goggles you'd have a disc in and you'd you'd scroll through and it'd show you pictures through like binoculars and you'd see different landscapes of America or something say that's what you mean yeah that, that was the original now we've got virtual reality that you can we put goggles on again so yeah. like so to answer the question it's I sort of do see it in a different light but it's not an enjoyable one for me a very I adverts on Facebook very critical of them it can take me a split second to go yes or no slide through Tinder mm. a lot of the girls profile is just very similar very so it's very boring and repetitive and just no and you, and you, you shouldn't you shouldn't judge your a, but by yeah, yeah, but for me, because I study photography and mm. got a, sort of, I'm a quiet person. I'm very reserved. I've got a good perception, obs- yeah, perception and observation of what these people are more likely going to be like. Now, you shouldn't judge people, but yeah. especially going to university at age 21, having my diagnosis at 22. Mm. Obviously, a lot of people on my course were. Like eighteen or nineteen, they just come out yeah. of just come out of high school, still sort of very mature mm-hmm. or immature, shall I say? And then I found myself sort of frequenting with the more older people, and they sort they they got it, you know what I mean? Not not my I suppose, but like they got what I, this group 
Uh, <laughs> brain fart. Uh, group like group sessions, like you'd have to talk about your work and then crit- critique others' work, and that's how you'd sort of be marked. Yeah. And they always like, no, I, I get what he's saying. He's he is right, and all the the younger students are trying to not brown nose, but like mm. impressed the, the tutors and maybe when yeah. when it's just accepting of what it is. And they like oh, name drop a famous photographer here and there, so you don't need to do that. You just need to say like that is. Yes. That is a picture of tree. Yeah, and that, that's no more or less. Like, my, one of my tutors went to Spain and he photographed a dog up against a wall and it's like, great. And then you got one onto his website and I'm sorry, mate, you want £400 for that photograph? I'd be very surprised if You want £400 someone was, for a photo of a yeah. dog against the wall? But then, like, I started to use, look at how I could use photography to employ myself. And obviously there's the, you know, you can shoot weddings, you can do portraiture. Sure. All, all of these sort of, you can journalism, mm-hmm. sports photography. But I wanted to sort of go into advertising, mm-hmm. sort of more capitalistic adventures, I suppose, and start to focus on car photography. So yeah, I was yeah. very set on what I wanted to do, and they were like, well, it's not contemporary enough. It's You're, you're going to make money off it, but yeah. it's not what we want to see. And I was like, well, that, that's what photography is. I see someone I want to take a photograph of, I'm going to take it. Yeah. And then like, so one of my tutors trying to argue with me and the dog. I was like, I couldn't see that hanging in someone's house. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, yeah. It was very... And it can be Trouble a good fact as well, to, like in terms of like what what inspires you, like in terms of like music and and um, you know, fashion as well, <laughs> yeah. and that kind of stuff. Like you like the aesthetic of it, so you so you'll purchase yeah. it or you'll or you know you'll download it, stuff like that. You, and you'll go and watch the live shows and stuff like. Yeah. I I know um, you do something really particular as well on your Instagram, or maybe or used to anyway. Where, like you have like the tile effect, so yeah. it's like you've made a picture and then split it up into like nine yeah. nine nine pictures, and then it's like. You know, it's then uploaded in order to to like to make a scroll picture. through your feed. It's like yeah. a full picture. I think that's I've seen a couple of people do that um, more recently than that. So I was just like, it's good. it's it's, an, it's a very interesting way to an intricate way as well to get an, a maybe like an aesthetically pleasing yeah. feed as well. So I don't does that like maybe tie in as well in terms of like your well, uh, yeah yeah like diagnosis maybe when I was well. getting my diagnosis it was sort of. They sort of asked like a question that was, are you big picture or are you small picture? And that was to do with like details in life and yeah, like. And I, I said, I don't think I fit into either. either category. I'm sort of the guy that'll take the small details to build the bigger picture. If that makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, that does play a part in photography. I'll notice. Say if I'm looking through the viewfinder, I'll notice mm-hmm. something in 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 the foreground say that shouldn't be there or it's not not quite straight and I know that I need to alter it sort yeah. of alter and I don't know it's kind of, kind of like I said I've sort of fallen out of love with photography in a way so yeah I think and it's quite a visual sort of hands on subject to talk about like, sure. or, or to participate in mm-hmm. I think like the idea of like what becomes your passion could be like the one that it can become something that you end up sort of resenting is Excuse me. But, uh, one of the like, uh, like for example, like with theatre and stuff like that, you're always then, especially anything with artistically anyway. If, yeah. you, if you get a reputation or get you know people that like your work, there's an expectation then to go ahead and do better or yeah. do just as good. Yeah. And if you're trying to pride yourself on your own work and you're passionate about it, you it can then maybe get so transfixed in that, then you maybe don't see what everyone else is seeing as yeah. well. But at the same time, you'll you know you'll always stand your ground, argue your corner and stuff like that. So like there's so much pressure on 
on artists to continue to perform, like whether it be music or or you know or, or like or photography, theatre, and just general like paint or sculpting as well and stuff like that. There's there's so much pressure on us because if you try and remove art as as a, as a whole, yeah. you lose entertainment, you lose films, you yeah. lose advertising, you lose um, so much stuff. And it'll just be a very plain and boring. Everyone will be all the same. It'll be like, um, uh, what, 1984. Like, and especially with this small picture, big picture sort of thing, is if you look around you, photography is pretty much everywhere. You can't, you, you in can. this modern world, you couldn't go a day without seeing a photograph, whether it's loved ones on your wall, your bedside table, whatever, mm. or it's the bus has just gone past and there's an advert for the latest film or yeah, yeah. a football player or something on it. You, even, I'd say, see, argue cereal boxes, maybe, at a Porsche, you have adverts for Alton Towers, say, on the top. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of, it's impossible to go without seeing a photograph mm. but then say with me I suppose I'd get focused on what I want to do with photography sure and I'd know what I want to do and be no sort of talking me out of it mm-hmm. but then at the same time let me think about this and, um, what's going on in my head now <laughs> it's alright so you, you were saying like um, like that, that, that determined mentality because you've got You've got it in your head how to do it. And then, then there's like maybe like the Asperger's maybe come in and the fact that like you're conscious of that. Yeah, that's, that's what I say. It's a sort of confidence issue. I know what I take mm-hmm. great images, but it's sort of... Believing in it. Believing in myself sort of to put them out there or... And that was sort of something that I did get challenged with at uni was... There was the argument like you should go bigger, print larger, make it as big as you can. Mm-hmm. Or go smaller and put a few more images around it. And I was like... Okay, I started trying with that, and then I was like, I really like how this looks. And then it's, tutor, can you come and have a look at this? And like, no, you should, you should go, you should go smaller. And it's like, I, I feel amazing about this print I've just yeah, put up on the yeah. wall, and you just come along and shot me down. And then that sort of made me with, withhold when I'm yeah. in the group session, saying, the you know, willingness feeds, to share. It feeds into the, to the rest of the course, like, if like you're, if social you're anxiety teaching. with the whole sort of aspect of mm-hmm. sharing my work. And then when it came to the final exhibition. I wanted to do a nice series of car images, sort of. It was like a shot of the Mercedes garage at Cheshire Oaks at night time from afar with a big, tall sign in, and then yeah. like a black and white, and then there was a close-up of the, the front grille, and there were some flowers on the side, and just like sort of a look at advertising, like images that would be suitable for advertising, yeah. all taken within one space. And they said, no, we like the photos you took at the anti-Trump, anti-Theresa May, anti-travel ban, sort of March demonstration in Manchester Town yeah, Centre yeah. and like there's some incredible images there's one I'm stood behind a police officer and just on the street corner there's a double decker bus in the road held up obviously not going anywhere all the people on the top looking down fed up that they're not getting to where they need to be yeah, yeah. and then you've just got a steady stream of people walking through different slogans mm. fuck Teresa fuck you Trump whatever yeah, yeah. walking past nice image but then I believe I was used to sort of a political, political pawn, if you will. 
in fact, like they, like I said, they told me to go bigger when I work, and I did this challenge, loved it, big, and then no, go small, I try that. And then they said, bring in some of your Trump images, let's see what we've got to work with. Yeah. So I picked out, say, six. Well, the plan was to frame six, say, A3 size, and mm-hmm. bang them up all on the wall. And they said, no, we like this one, this one only. Let's make it as big as we can. I ended up printing out in two sort of halves and then sticking on the wall, and it was basically just a shot of. Remember correctly, everyone sort of st- stood still on one of the, the high streets of Manchester. Yeah. All, all the signs going back as far as the eye can see, black and white. Like there's there's an image and a theme of unity and community in, yeah. in the image. But I later found out that Lord Mandelson himself was meant to be coming down because he's a supporter of the university in mm-hmm. some in some way. And they wanted he, to use that. I believe he's very Tory. Linked, possibly. Okay. Um, I just thought I've been used as a political pawn here, and that's not really fair on me. No. But I like, I, the image, I loved it, and like everyone's reaction was that came to visit the expo was like, this is incredible, love this piece. But, but at the same time, my confidence again had been shot, and I was like, I don't want, now I don't want to do photography anymore, I'm going to brush my hands clean of it and mm-hmm. take a break, which I have done for the past year or so now. Okay. But, so uh, in, in terms of like the, being used as like a political pawn, but you know, after what we were talking about, maybe in terms of music, I think that also transcends into into that sort of governmental side as well. The fact that you've had like the idea of capitalism and stuff like that, the fact that there's someone that's associated, and they want to say, oh, well, this will this will be really good to show yeah. to that political figure that's going to come in. That's in terms of financial side for the university, they can see, yeah. you know, I, it, I, it, all, it all contributes to the bigger system, doesn't it? So. I went back last year to visit, but like. The next a lot of students exhibition mm-hmm. it was just no real sort of political imagery at all and it was kind of you know empty of, yeah it was images of boxes like mm-hmm. dead artistic sort of there's a shadow on the wall in a corner yeah. you know very high but no political there was political pieces but it wasn't mm-hmm. directly like here's your protesters mm-hmm. fuck the leaders of the free world sort of yeah so, in would, your you, face. so would you say you're, you're quite a political person then as well not anymore used to be Obviously, is it because lot, of lot, photography? Of and, is yeah. it because of photography? Photography, photography and art, and def- definitely, it's obviously with all this Brexit. It's yeah, I pay attention, I keep up, but mm-hmm. I don't voice my opinions. I vote would remain if anyone cares or is interested. Obviously, but yeah. I'm sort of on the fence with all now. It's I get what they're saying, I get what I'm saying. It's 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 the case. It's, it's pointless, like throwing your opinion out there because people are just going to go no you're wrong like, there's going to be something to say about it isn't yeah. there yeah and I think at the same time like I don't want to maybe necess- I don't want to directly compare like your diagnosis to, to something like this but what I was going to say is the fact that you then get pigeonholed if you do voice your opinion yeah. if you come out and say you're a Tory if you come out and say you're pro-labour or or otherwise you then get seen through the scope of the other person as like oh you're a Tory see so all this this and this yeah. in the same way that if you like you know, with, with any mental health illness as well or anything like that. So it's like, I've got depression, so you're this, this, and this. Yeah. You've got anxiety. So in that case, every time that you feel uncomfortable, you then just go into, you know, hyperventilation and stuff like that. Well, no, it's, it affects everyone differently. And the same as, you know, well, with something like Asperger's as well. It's like you then get pigeonholed, which is why, you know, at the start of this topic, I was just so happy in the fact that that's the kind of thing that to me, seems really easy to like not be affected by the fact that you 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 know you're, you're on the spectrum and i think as well like the like the term the spectrum i think everybody is on that but there's just varying degrees yeah, in it definitely i, I and, agree with that and you know that there are days where you, you know it's going to be better 
then and it's going to be worse and that applies to all people even even people maybe without that diagnosis but yeah i think with the with you being diagnosed or with that it's just as i said earlier i've sort of presented answers to questions that you never never really thought about but now that you have got it it's just it's kind of put in it's given me a whole new perspective perception of the world Mm. like fortunately enough my mum has worked with kids with disabilities of all manners physical non-physical most of her life and i've always been brought up to not stare at people you know what i mean treat them as they are yeah yeah as anyone else you would Mm. like don't stare at the lad in the wheelchair imagine how he's feeling that's how i've been brought up Mm. so i always knew who the sort of kids with add and adhd were in yeah in high school you know the sort of fidget you had not not saying i'd train him but mm. my mum's gone oh this this is why this kid's yeah. having an outburst you're showing examples as to, yeah. and it'll help you um in terms of your the way you deal with people on a day-to-day basis that helps you be aware of that mm. and be aware of them and be able to treat them um it's, it's interesting properly. to think that i was always autistic at that point in high school when i'd be like oh that i know that that kid's got sort of add adhd mm. and like, i never thought yourself I'd, I'd say normal but you know what i mean like i just thought i was an average kid mm. and then like especially finding out with 22 to be able to reflect on all like situations involvements with people relationships that mm. i've had it's quite problematic to sort of reflect because you think how could I have done it differently if I'd known? So there's an mm. example of a, a girl I liked in year six, I'd say. And it was like, I think it was the last day of school. I really wanted to tell her that I fancied her. Mm. But like, obviously part of my Asperger's is social interactions and anxiety with that. And yeah. I just couldn't. And I do did regret it at the time. And like, I still do regret it. It's now, now resurfaced because yeah. of it. And it's like, you then start to let it play over in your head a lot. And you yeah. start like... Um, you know, I think that sort of like feeds in terms of like in terms of like anxiety and stuff like that. Like the fact that like I, I've had it before when um when I when I went through a similar process for, for anxiety and stuff and, and depression as well, it was a case that one of the things that triggered me was I was thinking like I was getting ready to go to uni. This is again this is during uh this is during final years when I when I found out about this, so it was like oh, I was trying to get ready ready to go to uni, that's supposed to be there at a certain time. And my hair wasn't going right, yeah. and it's just like it's it's like I look back at it now, and it's like well, my hair's falling out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> matter, but like at the time, I was like, oh, my hair's not right, so I don't feel comfortable. I'm getting really hot and bothered, yeah. and so I need to go have another shower. And I've got like a routine when I'm in the shower, and it's like oh, I've got to do my own routine again, and then I'm going to come back out, and yeah. I'm going to be late. And if I'm late, I can't go to uni. If I can't go to uni, I can't get a degree. If I can't get a degree, I can't get a job. And then if I can't get a job, I'm going to become homeless. And it's just like. The, that's the, the worrying cycle the worrying yeah. cycle it happens within like you know five seconds like you literally just think the worst case scenario and you just yeah. get so worked up on it and it's just like it led then to me to again go and seeking you know speaking to the appropriate people and, and I just think that in terms of these types of di- diagnosis now they are becoming more commonplace and, it, and although we don't necessarily really talk about it as much still and, as, and you know and that's why I'm really happy that you're here and we are talking about it is yeah. because it's hopefully you know can give people um the um you know the, the platforms that, that 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 they can talk about this sort of thing and be yeah. able to get you know get some answers as well and 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 come to terms with it too really and um you know it's it's a difficult difficult thing to talk about yeah. you know it's 
and um, you know, especially uh, as as someone who you know is quite shy and reserved, like 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 yeah. you said, the fact that you've managed to talk and and be able to to address you know what's going on and now and, and you know coming and and speaking with me about it is just like I mean, I've said it to you before, like uh, you know off off uh, off record and just like the fact that you know it means a lot to me the fact yeah. that you're that you're and trusting in you to yeah well like, I, guess, I guess I was going to say I wouldn't just plaster it on Facebook like well today I found yeah. out yeah and I feel like that'd be completely the wrong thing yeah. to do as well and like at the time I only I slowly told friends like mm-hmm. the ones that I spend the most time with like one by one at the sort of right time so I could sort of do it when I was comfortable judge their reaction and then you can work within your boundary there. can't you and it's still like yeah. not a lot of people know a few a handful of friends mm-hmm. you now obviously um, yeah. two student support officers at university a handful of tutors that I told one of my managers I'm like I don't really want to broadcast it to well but here I am yeah. about it. I'm, and, it's know, good to like, get it off my chest and possibly it, there's others out there that will how this will help or yeah I, I, I would hope so and I, and I would think so as well like you know it's if you can you can weigh your heart on your sleeve and you know there's pros and cons to that and I think in terms of like the mental health thing it's important to talk about it yeah but there's also a potential of oversharing mm. and it's like well, yeah. I try not too well because I can start a conversation and then You're share, share on and on and on I realise everyone's sort of faded out and they're listening mm. but they're not really they're not you know what I mean? They're not paying attention. Yeah. It's, it's like, when will this guy, this guy shut up? And I'm yeah. unaware to read that social cue that I need to shut up. Probably mm. like now, but it's, it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> no, it's good, but um, I feel like we've sort of maybe come to like a natural sort of plateau there and sort of rounded it quite nicely and and, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, but like, it should be noted today that obviously you've not heard Crumble. I'm actually not filming in in uh, in, in my normal space. I'm actually filming at, at Elmer's house because I'm in town. And I thought, well, there's a good opportunity to, to catch up and a good opportunity to, to, to get this, um, to have this conversation and us for us to hang, hang out and talk a little bit too. So um, I, I'll just, you know, I'll just say it again. Like, again, thanks so, so much for... for Oh, wanting welcome. to use this uh, and and I'm just really grateful that I can give you this platform to to talk about it and you know if there is anybody out there that is you know in you know maybe feeling in a similar position you know and or you know has has noticed traits or or anything like that and just hope that you know Elmo's story and um and 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 the way he's He's been uh, managed to open up and talk about it. I just hope that it would also, you know, encourage others to to do the same. And um, it was just, it's just really nice that we can have this conversation. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> yes. Got it in there. But um, yeah, I think it, as I say, really, really cool to have you on, and I'm really glad that we. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome, and you know, you're welcome anytime, and um, you know, it's. I don't know, I don't know, I'm just rambling now a little bit. But yeah, it's cool. So like I almost said, uh, uh, don't be a stranger. 
But um, actually, before you go, have you got anything like you want to like sort of plug? Like you, you mentioned like um, like, well, like photography wise. Are you doing anything now? Like although you've had like a year out, or what are you looking at? Doing? Starting to get back on the photography business yeah. to come. Looking into doing dog portraiture. So if you've got a popper that you want photographing. There you go. Get in touch. Um, your man. But, uh, what, where can they reach you uh, if that's well, Instagram? Instagram, and that's un- underscore E-L-M-O, and then five more underscores. There you go. Quite complicated. But I'll put uh, I'll put a link to it in the, in, um, in, in the description for, for the pod. I'd just like to have a little disclaimer. I can't speak for everyone that has Asperger's or is autistic. Yeah. It's just my experiences and how I've sort of dealt with it. That's fine, yeah. Like, like we, I think I said earlier on, like everything is... Everyone's every, different. Everyone's different. It's yeah. all individual. It's just your 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 take and your your way of of dealing with things. I'm and um, still quite fresh to it, so it's yeah, know. yeah. So it's just still a, it's still going to be a work in progress, nonetheless. And hopefully, other people that are working through that sort of thing and or potentially going to work through that sort of thing. Hopefully, we've we've helped a few people out. So uh, thanks a lot, man. All right. Thanks no very problem. much.